0: I-V-M.
1: Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton, doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have a very important discussion to be had. We're going to be talking about thyroid health because it's Thyroid Awareness Month. The thyroid is one of the master glands in the body. And with us, we have a doctor who's a specialist in this. So I'm very excited for you to meet Dr. Altam Sheik. So doctor, welcome to the Habit Coach podcast.
0: Good afternoon and thank you for having me here on this show of Habit Coach. Thanks, Ashti. My
1: pleasure. Doctor, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, you know, how did you get into understanding the thyroid and specializing in this?
0: Sure. So I'm Dr. Altamash Sheik. I'm a hormone specialist or endocrinologist which means a doctor who studies endocrine glands. So we are called as hormone specialist or endocrinologist. And uh, in the brain, when you look at, at the base of the brain, there is a gland called a pituitary gland, which secretes most of the hormones. And that is called as the master gland of the body and not the thyroid, which is actually the topic for the day. So the master of orchestra is pituitary gland, which is there at the base of the brain. And thyroid gland is the one which is situated... In the neck, in front of our trachea or the windpipe, it has got three parts. It has got a right lobe, it has got a left lobe, and it has got a connecting part called as the isthmus. And from here, having been controlled from the pituitary, pituitary gland is the part of the body or the organ of the body or the endocrine gland of the body, which secretes a hormone which stimulates the thyroid gland. It is named as PS. H thyroid stimulating hormone. That's the thyroid gland, and that's gonna this TSH is going to act in the neck in the thyroid gland to cause a lot of various functions. I think putting now that master gland is pituitary and thyroid gland in the neck into perspective, I think Arstein, you may want to ask me some questions about it.
1: So it's so interesting that what is the purpose of the thyroid gland? Like what does it do for the body?
0: That's a very important question. I think for anything that we need to understand the abnormal thing, what it could do, we have to understand what the normal work that particular gland or part of the body does. So the way we have rate of the heart, the way we have rate of respiration, the way we have rate of our uh, digestion process, our muscle process, the rates of various organs of the body is controlled by thyroid hormones. So essentially, thyroid gland is the energy producer of the body. It behaves in the form where it makes heat in the body. And of course, there are a lot of other functions will unravel it as we move ahead in time. So in short, the energy or the powerhouse of the body, which is this gland, the thyroid gland. And uh, as I said, it secretes its important hormones. There, there are two in number. They're called as T3 and T4 in short form. That's I'm using this short form because that's the blood test that most of the doctors write. T3 is triiodothyronine, full form, and T4 is uh, thyroxine or tetraiodothyronine. But for our listeners, it is T3 and T4, the two main hormones which are secreted by the gland under the influence of pituitary gland when the signal given is as TSH. This is the normal physiology. So whenever the thyroid gland or the machinery of the thyroid gland is not at par, is not functioning fully, T3-T4 may be secreted either less or more or nil, then the signal goes to the brain pituitary gland and that tries to either increase or decrease the secretion of TSH and that helps the body to maintain T3-T4 depending on what signal we receive. This is called as a complete loop of thyroid gland function from neck to brain and back to the neck. Now, whenever there are illnesses, these may fluctuate. I'm sure your next question is going to be, what problem does it cause or how does it cause problems? Is that so, Ashton?
1: Exactly, brilliant. Right. So
0: whenever for any gland in the body, the hormone secretion is low, it is called as hypofunction of that gland. In the case of thyroid, it will be called as hypothyroidism, H-Y-P-O, and whenever in any gland there is an excess secretion of the hormones that it produces, it's called as the hypersecretion of that gland. In this case, it will be hyperthyroidism, right? Now, thyroid gland has got problems not only just of more secretion or less secretion, it has also got problems of swelling or nodules being formed in the thyroid, Or it could be a generalized swelling of the thyroid just there in front of the neck and we call it as goiter. That's the term that our listeners need to know because goiter is a common term which is there available across all uh, medias and at all digital platforms. So goiter can also be one of the presentations of a thyroid problem. With goiter, there may be less secretion of hormones, there may be more secretion of hormones, or the gland may be secretion may be completely normal. In that cases, we call it either as a euthyroid goiter or a hypothyroid goiter or a hyperthyroid goiter. Now, so as I said, any swelling of the thyroid gland is called as goiter. However, there can be small blebs, small cyst-like things or grape-like filled vesicles also in the thyroid. Or there could be multiple small nodules in the thyroid, then we call it as either a single nodule of thyroid or we call it as a multi-nodular goito. Depending upon what presentation a particular patient has, doctor will investigate what you could do, which tests are needed and looking into your clinical presentation, your blood work, your imaging of the thyroid, which could be either a sonography, it could be a technetium scan of the thyroid, That decides what kind of treatment you would have. Generally, people panic at the moment they see their blood reports because nowadays we have a lot of health checks suddenly being done by so many companies. They do 800 tests in 80 rupees or so, and I think that's the attractive eye-catching packages that they do. But important is there can be normal variations in blood tests, and we need to interpret it rightly. And the doctor who deals with these hormones are called as
1: endocrinologists lovely we're gonna take a quick break see you on the other side welcome back all right let's jump into the conversation so doctor what are the things that could possibly cause the thyroid to start acting up to have these kinds of issues what are the triggers for something like this
0: right so let's talk about Autoimmunity, because that is one of the most common causes of a thyroid disease. What happens is we have our own immune system wherein the soldiers, the body soldiers, the disease fighting soldiers, they fight the disease, whether it's bacteria, virus, or the abnormal cells of the body itself. However, while killing these abnormal cells or the dead cells or something else, what happens is sometimes the normal cells are killed as bystanders. So when normal thyroid cells also get killed by our strong immunity in some patients or in some bodies, then it is called as an autoimmunity which has got triggered and you may have a problem of the thyroid. So when because of this, the thyroid is not producing enough thyroxine and enough T3 and T4, then signal goes to the brain from pituitary. The TSH goes high and pituitary says, please produce more thyroxy. But when the thyroid machinery itself is at fault, is not able to produce more, is not able to produce even at normal quantities at times, then it is said that hypothyroidism has set in. This hypothyroidism can be picked up very early in disease, wherein you may see as borderline or called as subclinical hypothyroidism. Or when it is it presents with severely high amounts of TSH and very low amounts of T3 and T4, we call it as a full-blown or we call it as overt hypothyroidism. And that is where we need to take treatment. Because as I said, it is the energy producer of the body with hypothyroidism, the symptoms can be. People may have dry, lusterless hair. They may have hair fall. Some people may even have eyebrow fall or eyelash fall. In most severe cases, some people come with baldness. This could be young girls, this could be young boys, but these are extreme cases. People may come because it's a winter season. Dryness of the skin is very, very important. Usually people think it's because of winter, but actually the thyroid set point may have changed and you may be actually having borderline hypothyroidism at the level of skin. So, feeling more cold, having dry skin is one of the early, early signs of hypothyroidism that one may get. Then, at times, there can be hoarseness of the voice, some amount of weight gain, two to three to five kgs, not more than that. Usually, people have a tendency to put all the blame on thyroid when they put on weight. So, you know, this is one medium which, through your uh, today's podcast, we can say that yes, there may be gay weight gain, but maybe a mild weight gain in thyroid. And it will be extremely rare cases where people actually gain more uh, weight, but those are like heart failure or liver failure or kidney failure. in general, usually with thyroid, it is not like that. Then there could be joint pain. There could be muscle pain. There could be memory lapses. There could be forgetfulness. There could be irritability. Then there could be constipation. There may be gender differences. I'm sure you're going to ask me about gender differences. So in hypothyroidism, there can be excess flow of menses for women. There can be irregular menses sometimes. There can be anovulatory cycles at times. The picture may be confused with PCOS. That's the polycystic ovarian syndrome. At times, they may coexist with obesity and PCOS in hypothyroidism. If untreated, then difficulty in getting pregnant. It's the other way. It's not that because you got thyroid, you can't get pregnant. It's like because it is untreated, you can't get pregnant. That is what is the important message for our listeners. In men, there can be difficulty in erection, erectile dysfunction. I see a lot of young boys with recent marriages and having erectile dysfunction, and they have a newly developed thyroid problem, and it's a very treatable, easily treatable cause. Sometimes sperm quality, sperm production also may be at stake.
1: Are these all hypothyroid related yeah, issues? This was only oh. all right,
0: yeah, yeah, this was only for hypothyroid that we were discussing. Correct. other things that people may come up with cramps, catches, scarf, muscle pain, unproductive work in the office. So, unable to concentrate, unable to sit for a long time. Most of our corporate offices are ac and then they feel cold and they're not able to concentrate. So productivity at workplace does come down with hypothyroidism and then we take it from there. The good part is it's a very, very easily treatable one. We just need to replace the hormone which is not been produced by the body. But more importantly, there are some adjuvant treatments which are only adjuvant. When we say this word, it means they are only supposed to be supportive and they are not the full-fledged treatment. Generally, with thyroid, there are a lot of myths that we eat this or if you don't eat that, thyroid will go. It is not like that. Let our viewers have some more uh, important and scientific information. I think there's a quote uh, given by us that there is no one food that you take and your thyroid will go and there is no one food which you do not take and your thyroid will come back so i've put up this post on my instagram also so that there's a lot of uh, information on the net also actually about soya bean about cruciferous vegetables like cabbage like cauliflower like broccoli Collard green, bok choy. These are like kale. These are the vegetables which a thyroid patient may eat maybe once a week, but after it is well cooked. Earlier, it was said that these should not be taken at all, but now it is not like that. They can have and they can have it once it is cooked. And apart from that, there are various nuts, there are various other things which are only adjuvant, so which means that you actually need to be on treatment. I think I'll ease out for our listeners in this way that the way we have our eyes, which are weak and we put specks from outside. Similarly, at the moment in hypothyroidism, your thyroid is not working. You need to take that same thyroxine from outside, right? Okay. And there are tablets which are colorless, tablets which are odorless. They do not cause any difficulty in any form once we have given it in the right dose for your body. So when we are given in the right dose for your body, there is no issue of any side effect. Whoever says that is completely on the erring side because we have to give, it's like numbers of the eyes. We give exactly, try to give the same dose where your body needs and TSH is a very good signal that we try to take it from there. And in India, we have thyroid doses available from 12.5 Twelve point five to two hundred. That's the bottle strain that is available. So whatever is needed by your body, whatever is best suitable by your body will be prescribed and will be adjusted by the endocrinologist. And it's like then it's like you happily ever live after. It's like that. Importantly, I think usual question is, do I need to take this tablet lifelong? Well, that would depend on the type of hypothyroidism that you have. Many times we stop the treatment once the pregnancy is over. Many times once the thyroiditis phase is over, we stop it. And in certain cases, if it was started borderline for some other cause, it can be stopped. So I think that's another myth that people carry that once thyroid, always thyroid. Yes, thyroid is always there in the body, but whether the functionality is regained, whether you need to replace it all the time is what is important and that's the time you need to discuss with your endocrinologist and get yourself sorted this. Thanks, Ashley.
1: Very interesting. So, doctor, you know, um, like you said, the thyroid is going to be there but does it change with age? Like, is there a difference between the hypothyroidism when you're younger towards when you grow older? Does it come? Does it go? Does it increase? What happens?
0: Well, Ashley, it is very aptly said that the only Thing which is constant is the change, and the only thing that changes is the age. And with age, everything changes. Now we have uh, equipments and devices which can actually diagnose intrauterine, even before the baby is born, they could know that the, the baby has got thyroid problems or not.
1: That's amazing! Wow, yeah. So, how does it change with age? Is there a set yes. pattern, or there's no set pattern? It could be depending so on a yeah. person, yeah.
0: So, there is a set pattern. In the first uh, six to 10 weeks of life, baby takes the thyroxine from the mother. It's a blood transport between the mother and the child. And after that, the thyroid gland takes over and uh, it produces uh, thyroid hormones, as we discussed earlier, T3, T4. And the requirement is maximum around puberty, again, around adulthood, around pregnancies, around the reproductive years of age. And as we cross around 65 years or so, the requirement of thyroid hormones reduces and there is a natural tendency for the body to keep the TSH at a higher point at, at of maybe in some cases, when you cross 80, maybe double the value of the normal, what you would see in the adulthood. So even if you are on treatment, supposing somebody got a congenital hypothyroidism by birth and is on treatment, even their doses may come down as they cross 65, 70 years. So, yes the presentation may vary across different age spectrum but the treatment also will vary the doses needs to be adjusted and as i said everybody may not need long-term treatment it's more important to understand that the treatment is not many a times lifelong it's the life which gets longer when you take the treatment it's it's the other way and not this way
1: i love it love it Dr. Altamash thank you so much for coming on the podcast Um, how can people reach out to you uh, connect with you if they have any further questions or any way in which they can talk to you Uh,
0: my email my Instagram account Dr. Altamash Sheik
1: that's your um, Instagram account Dr. Altamash Sheik yes
0: B-R-A-L-T-A M-A-S-H A-I-K-H all A's just B-R in front
1: okay perfect lovely thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast absolutely lovely having you here Thank you. All right. So that was Dr. Altamash Sheik. We discussed hypothyroidism in this particular episode. In the next episode, we're going to deep dive into hyperthyroidism. So make sure you join us for that. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram.